Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Are you ready for the Word of God? Let us pray and ask the Lord to teach all of us. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. And you are love. That's why you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into the world. And he laid down his life for us. So that we can have blessing, salvation, deliverance, protection, and the favor and the grace through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Father, we want to walk in the same footstep as Jesus. We want to follow His way, the way of love. Therefore, today, may your Holy Spirit teach us and change us and transform us to be loving children of the loving God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I started to teach this series a few weeks ago. The series called Learning to Truly Love. I already taught two lessons, and I hope you can go to the YouTube, type in the New Hope International YouTube, type in the subject, Learning to Truly Love, and it's going to pop up. And you can listen to part one, which we talk about, Love is Patient. The part two, Love is Kind. Today, I would like to teach you again how to truly love people. When we talk about love, I'm not talking about eros, which means the love like a woman and man loving, like a romantic love. I'm not talking about filio, the friendly love, the friendship love. The friendship love and eros are not perfect. We are talking about agape love. Agape love is the unconditional love, the self-giving love. And he showed that agape love by sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Jesus put aside his being God from the throne of God in heaven, came into the world and took the form of man in order to bless us and to take care of us and to really help us to be doing well and to be saved. He laid his life for us. He is not a selfish God. He is the self-giving God. And the Bible says, when God laid down his life for us, we should lay down our life for one another. So, a part of love that we want to learn is about not being selfish. Love is not selfish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Instead of thinking about what people can do for me, I need to get that good chair. You just sit in the back there. I'm going to get the best piece of steak. I'm going to get the best thing. 
I want to give you the best. I want to share with you. I prefer you. That is love. Love is not self-seeking. And when we talk about love here, learning to love, I'm talking about love that we should have for God. We should not be selfish toward God. We're talking about love between brother and sister in the church. We should not be selfish to one another. We should not come to the church with attitude. What can the church do for me? What can I get from this church? You should come to the church with attitude. What can I do to bless my brothers and sisters? What can I do to bless God? To be the blessing to people, not about me, but about Him and about other people. Definitely, love is an important thing in a family. In fact, you learn about love the most in marriage, because you live with somebody for years and years in the same home. I meet you only one and a half hours on Sunday, or maybe two hours max. But I stay with my wife for many years already. She need to put up with me, no kidding. She need to learn how to forgive me because of my selfishness. She learned how to love me unconditionally, and I learned how to love her unconditionally. And marriage life is a place where you learn about love the most. Parenting too, you learn how to love your kids unconditionally. I'm so blessed, and I'm so glad that all of my three children they still follow God today. They still love God. They come to church every Sunday. Pandemic cannot stop them, and I believe one of the reasons they still come to church because Pastor Da, all these years, she show unselfish love to her children. Even though she has a lot of thing on her plate to do for the church and for the ministry, traveling, making disciple, meeting, but because she show love to her children, she never ignore or. Put the children aside. She always sacrificed for her children. All these years, the children see the love of God in her. That's why they did not backslide. I remember when we start the church, the children have to lie on the floor because we have care group in the house. We did not even have the children program, but they see the sacrifice of their mom. They see the sacrifice of their parents, and they see that wow. God is so good. My dad and my mom love God and love people and love us. Therefore, they still follow God today. Selfishness and love are in constant opposition to one another. Love calls you to deny yourself for the sake of other people, but selfishness compels you to focus on yourself, to seek for your own benefit. At the expense of others, they're so opposite to one another. Selfishness is like a bad disease; is like a cancer that will suffocate you, and will kill you, and destroy your marriage, destroy the church, and even your job, and your work. Everything it's really destroy thing. The selfishness. I remember when I first came to America. The Lord told me, "Don't be selfish, but be giver." And at that time, as a resident or a student of neurosurgery, everybody or every doctor 
wanted to perform surgery, the most amount of patient they can perform surgery, the more experience they have. But God told me, don't do that. You don't show selfishness. You give. So I allowed all of these American young doctors perform surgery, and I just help them, assist them in surgery, and they all loved me. They told my boss, "Wow, this Thai guy from Thailand is so good. He allowed us to perform surgery, and he helped us too." My boss heard that news, and he really liked me. He offered me a full-time job. At the first one year, I worked without pay and no job. It's just no contract. After one year, he gave me the contract and gave me salary. You see, because I practice love, unselfish love, God blessed me. Therefore, it's so important to learn this lesson. If you want to be successful in your marriage, in the church life, or in your job life, or in your profession, love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But selfishness is the work of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, the Bible says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. The Bible talks about the work of the flesh here. In this body, as long as you live in this world, in this body, you're going to have this war all the time. The war between the works of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and the works of the flesh. I'm not talking about non-believers. I'm talking about believers who have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. You have to choose every day. You're going to choose the spirit or you're going to choose the flesh. If you choose the flesh, you can be in big trouble. This is an ongoing 24-7 battle inside you. Which one you're going to choose? Which one you're going to yield to? If you yield to the flesh, what happened to you? In Galatians chapter 6, verses 8 to 9. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, will harvest decay. Every time I read this word decay, as a doctor, I see brain cancer inside the brain. Look ugly. I see pus inside the wound of my patient, get infection, the pus, decay, destruction, and death. Every time I read this word, I see the picture of a patient who lies in the ICU bed. And the heartbeat becomes flat, brain, death, death. When you follow your sinful nature, you bring decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit, capital S, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If you follow the Holy Spirit, you live a life of love and giving and thinking about other people's welfare and well-being more than yourself, you're going to reap the blessing of God. That's what the Bible says. When we choose self-centeredness, 
we will become high maintenance person, very high maintenance. Oh, you need to do this for me. Oh, I expect you to do this. Oh, when I walk into the church, my pastor have to smile at me first. I'm not going to smile at him. And you need to call me pastor. Oh, honey, you need to get water for me. Very high maintenance and more needy. I need that. I need this. I need that. Do this for me. And not only that, when you walk in selfishness, you're going to be overly sensitive, very sensitive to other people' behavior. Oh, I'm mad at him because he doesn't say hi to me today. Very overly sensitive and demanding. I demand you to do this for me. That is immaturity. That is the work of the flesh. Mature Christians who walk in the love will not be overly sensitive, will not be demanding, but will be giving, serving, and helping people. When you don't get your way because you're selfish, you're going to judge other people very harshly and point finger to them, and you are being blind to your own fault and your mistake because you keep focusing on. What other people can do for me? Sadly, we are living in the world that fall in love with itself. This world, of full of people, is full of people who love themselves. And the culture around us, thinking about my personal appearance, my feelings, my desires, and my priority. I don't care about other people. Don't tell me to wear the mask because I feel uncomfortable. I don't care about you. I care about me. Can you imagine if your surgeon think that way? I'm not going to wear the mask during surgery. Why open your brain? I'm going to keep talking, and my saliva is going to go into your brain. You think I'm a very good surgeon? No, I'm selfish. I think about my own comfort. My dear brother, sister, we should not think about ourselves. We should think about the welfare. The well-being of other people. Many times we despise the trait of selfishness. When we see somebody very selfish and greedy and always think about themselves, you you feel uncomfortable. But what happened? You justify it for yourself that I can do it. I can live for myself. I don't care about other people. And you always have the appetizer call. I deserve it. I expect it, and I want it. Me, me, me. Why? Why is this happening everywhere? In many marriages, even in the church and in society, and in America too. We can see it now in America. Why? Because selfishness is ingrained into every human being from birth. If you observe. The actions of the children, you can see their selfishness. When you observe the way adults talk and do things and mistreat each other, you can see selfishness in human being. It's the work of the flesh, and I tell you, almost every sinful action and words can be traced back to a sinful nature called selfishness. I preached many weeks ago 
that our life is like a tree. You remember olive tree, cedar tree, and the root are in the ground. You cannot see the roots, but you see the fruit of that tree, the branch, the leaf, and the fruit. I tell you right now, selfishness is like the root inside your heart. No one sees it outside, but inside. But you can see the fruit of selfishness in words and actions of people, and it will become more clear when you get married, when you meet people in the church or at the office for a few hours. People try to be nice to each other, but after you get married and you live with somebody, you're gonna have the painful experience of selfishness in marriage. Why so quiet? Is it true? It's true. Marriage exposes our selfishness in living color. Pastor Da have experienced that already for many years. That I'm not a perfect man. I have the selfishness in me too. When a husband put his interests, his desires and priorities ahead of his wife, he is waving the flags of selfishness. In the house, when a wife keep complaining about giving her time, energy to raise kids, to do things for the husband, she is revealing her selfishness as well. Selfishness can be revealed in a different way, but it's a root inside. You know, as a doctor, we use this word all the time: signs and symptoms. The word symptoms mean this way: if a patient have discoordination in the back. And the patient come to my office and say, "Doctor Lau, I have leg pain and numbness in my foot. That is symptom. The symptom of leg pain and numbness and back pain. But what are the signs? Sign is something that you can touch, like foot drop. You put the needle on the foot, no sensation. That is called sign. Symptoms and sign in the medical field." I tell you right now, the fruit or the symptom and sign can be revealed on people's behavior. I give you example: moodiness and complaining, a selfishness in disguise. Outside you see moodiness and also complaining, but inside, hiding inside, is selfishness, laziness, and irresponsibility. Are the mask on selfishness, boasting, bragging about self is another sign and symptom of selfishness. Easily angered, talking too much, keep talk, 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 and refuse to listen is another sign of selfishness. It's about me. I want to keep my opinion. I don't want to listen to you. And the list can go on and on and on about the symptoms and signs of selfishness. Even sometimes, generous action—you give some people money, buying food for somebody—can be selfishness, because the motive behind that generous action is about I need my right to see be seen, I need the favor, I need a reward, I need the position in the church. My dear brother and sister. We have to check our heart all the time. What are we doing 
What is inside here, behind the scene that people don't see? Do I do this and say this out of love or out of selfishness? And the list can go on. Now, after you hear to this point, you say that, Pastor Lau, I think this preaching is for my wife. Some of you may say, right on, Pastor. You're talking about the tendency of my husband. He keeps doing that. Wow, he needs this sermon. I'm going to turn on this sermon on YouTube 10 times for him to listen. But you ignore your own problem. Why do we have such low standard for ourselves and have such high expectations for our mate? Why do you have such high expectations from your pastor, but you don't have your own high standard? We all need to stand before the throne of God one day. Amen? We need to grow up in the area of love. And the answer why you don't think about yourself that much and you focus on other people, trait of selfishness is this. The answer is a very painful pill to swallow. We all, including Pasalau, struggle with selfishness because I am still living in the flesh. The bottom line is we need to make choice. We either make decision out of love for the welfare of other people, or we're going to make choice for the benefit of myself. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 say again, love does not seek its own. When you love, you think about the welfare and the blessing and the happiness of other people all the time. You will find satisfaction and fulfillment when you see that your spouse is happy and she is blessed. He is blessed. Wow, thank God. I'm so blessed to see that my spouse is blessed in the same way. For me, I love to see our young people in the church get married, be the right people, have a good family. I'm so happy to see that all of you have a good job, have good income, blessed. Because God in me, think about the welfare of his people in the church. Marriage is a covenant, is a commitment. I like what the Bible talks about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the groom and we are the bride. The groom show his unselfish love to us already. 2,000 years ago. He came into the world. He left the position of God in heaven, came into the world, and he died on the cross. He laid down his life for us. He showed unselfish love to us so that we can have salvation, healing, and blessing, and prosperity, and new life, and eternal life. He showed unselfish love to us. We are the bride. We marry him. We should do the same thing. We should be unselfish to him. This morning when I drove to the church, the atmosphere was very bad. A lot of dark cloud out there. And I said to God, Lord, you died for me. I'm willing to lay down my life for you and your people. 
I don't care. I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna serve you all the days of my life until one day I leave this world. I lay down my life for you because you love me. I don't want to be a selfish Christian, thinking about what other people can do for me. I want to be a giver. I want to live my life for God. That is relationship between me and God. The covenant: you love me, you die for me. I loved you, and I'm gonna show unselfish love towards you. But in the same way, another relationship in the world. God compare His relationship with us, bride and groom, and He compare that to husband and wife. Do you know that when you get married, you are giving yourself away to your spouse. You are releasing your rights to live the rest of your life for your spouse. You don't live your life for yourself any longer. That is the marriage covenant. I live for you, and your spouse live for you. It's a very important covenant that we make. In marriage, we are putting the happiness of our spouse before our own. We think about the welfare and benefit of our spouse. We say no. To what we want, and say yes to what he or she wants. Always that way. That is the good marriage. That both sides show unselfish love to one another. Don't misunderstand me. I don't mean that you cannot enjoy your personal fulfillment. I don't mean that way. You can still enjoy life because if you both do the same thing to one another. Both of you, you and your spouse, going to be blessed. But what I try to say is this: you don't ignore the happiness of your spouse, and when you see your spouse happy, you will be happy because your spouse is very important to you. Love leads you to inner freedom. A lot of people have bondage in their heart, the inner bondage, no freedom. You know why? Let me explain to you. Many people are full of anger. Bitterness, worries, and anxiety. The reason because they have we call unrealistic expectation from their pastor, from their friend, and from their spouse. Because all about me, I expect you to do this to me. I expect pastor to do this to me. I expect my spouse to do this to me, but they cannot do it. They are human being, and what happened? Bitter, anger. And worries and anxiety, not only unrealistic expectation from other human being, unmet demands. I demand you to do this for me, but you don't do it for me. Therefore, I'm angry with you right now. That selfishness caused all this problem, turmoil in the heart of person. But if you let go, I'm gonna live my life for others. I'm not going to focus on myself anymore. God going to meet my need. God going to take care of me. I'm not going to focus on myself. I'm going to make priority in the well-being of my mate. When you can do that, you make the decision. Unselfish love inside. Believe me, you're going to be so happy, so fulfilled that selfish action cannot provide for you. Happy, happy, happy. 
The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, when I was a constant example to you in helping the poor, for I remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Giver, unselfish lover, are happy, are blessed by the Lord. People who are loving and unselfish are the delight of society. Wherever they go, people around are happy and delightful and rejoicing. You want to be close friend to people who are not selfish, is that right? They make good friends and good spouse because they are unselfish. You don't like to be around selfish people because you feel that they are taking advantage of you. And please treat God's people that way. Treat your spouse that way. That you're going to be there to be the blessing to them, my dear brothers and sisters. If we are willing to set aside our jealousy, our demands, and our selfishness, bury them in the ground, die to your flesh, and live a life of love, you're going to be happy, joyful, blessed by the Lord. Sometimes people pray, "God heal me, God bless me, God give me a job, God, you need to do something for me." Nothing wrong about that prayer, but don't stop there. Because if you notice, our God is not a selfish God. This is the way He said. He said, "Abraham, I will bless you, so that you will be the blessing to the nations." So when I pray, God, give me a good job. I never think about myself. I think about if I have a good job, I can buy a good house for my wife, and I can open my house to have care group there. And not only that, I can have money to fly, to go to mission trip. And then I can have more money to give tithe to the church. Oh, hallelujah! God bless me, bless the work of my hand, so that I can be the blessing to the nations. It's not about me. Yes, you bless me. I am more than 60 years old now, and a lot of doctors at my age already passed away. They died of cancer or some lung disease. They all gone. Many of my friends already died. Doctors' friend, but God keep me healthy. Keep me strong, so that I can preach, so that I can run the church, so that I can be the blessing to people in the church, so that I can be the blessing to my children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. I don't want to pray selfish prayer. I want to pray loving prayer that I want to be the blessing and help people to have well-being in their life. Amen. When you love your spouse unselfishly. You give her or him a few seconds first to talk or to do something. You just back off and say you do it first. You're willing to serve your spouse first instead of your spouse serve you first, and you're gonna be a happy person. You must resist selfishness every single day. It's gonna try to rise up in you. You say no, get out of here. And the more you learn how to resist selfishness, you're going to be more happier, more loving, and more blessed man and woman of God. Amen. Beside God, 
who knows you the best. Beside God, the person who knows me the best is Pastor Da, my spouse, my partner. In the same way, after this lesson, you learn that you should not be selfish anymore. The person who gonna notice that you are changed now is your spouse. She or he may be like, "What? I lived with you for 25 years. You are not like this. Now you change after this sermon. What?" She or he may be surprised, but one thing is that she or he will be happy to see a loving spouse in the house. Should we practice this in the church, that we all are givers, unselfish people? We come to church. I want to bless people. I can smile to people. I want to make people happy. I want to pray for people. It's not about me. I want to be encouraged to people. Amen. Stop thinking about yourself. I know that this teaching is very hard to swallow. Very hard to swallow. And if you struggle so much listening to this teaching and feel uncomfortable, you feel that the, the chair is very hot right now. You feel that I want to run out of this room right now. Pastor Lao, you're so strong. I feel uncomfortable. I want to tell you right now that you have a deep, deep root of problem in your life of selfishness. And you need to repent and ask God to forgive you and you ask the Holy Spirit to touch you and get rid of that selfishness from your life. Selfish people are not nice to be around with. Loving people are good friends. From now on, you ask yourself every day, do I want what is best for my spouse? When I talk to the patient and I see x-ray, and x-ray shows something that I can perform surgery and make money, but I know the symptom is not from that x-ray, it's something else. I need to ask myself, I'm going to lie and tell my patient that you need this surgery even though she or he doesn't need it so I can get paycheck. Or I'm going to say, I'm going to do everything for your sake, not my sake. Am I a selfish neurosurgeon or a loving neurosurgeon? I need to ask myself every day, can my spouse feel my love through my action? Do I have the best interest of my wife, of my members, or I care about my best interests? I'm looking out for the well-being of other people. I'm just thinking about me, my, I. You have to ask yourself every single day. I know that you may think that, wow, my spouse needs to change. She needs to repent. But I want to let you know, your spouse also has the challenge of learning how to love a selfish person like you. We all have selfishness inside. You learn how to love your selfish spouse and he or she need to learn how to love you a selfish spouse as well. But hopefully as years go by, your selfishness will go down and you become more like Jesus Christ. 
Another thing I want to encourage you: be the first in your house to show love to your spouse, even though she or he doesn't deserve it. Don't say this way: she has to do something for me. She need to earn my love before I can do good to her. No, you start first. You sow the seed. You are the one who change the atmosphere in the house. That you are loving. You spread that fragrance, the aroma of love in the house. And believe me, eventually your spouse gonna change because you show good example by loving first, not waiting for your spouse to love you first. You demonstrate the love of God first. You determine to be the first who practice unselfish love first. You need to show example and. Expected example to your spouse that I am a loving husband, I am a loving wife, I'm a loving daddy, a loving mother. Amen. Philippians chapter two verse three: Do nothing, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important. Than yourselves, do nothing from selfishness. Do everything in love. James chapter three verse sixteen. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. I believe, husband who commit adultery. Have an affair is a selfish man. All the divorces in the world can be traced back to selfishness. It destroys the household. I believe this teaching is important. Amen. Are you selfish toward God? Are you selfish toward the church? Toward your employer, employees, you think about only yourself, me, me, my, my benefit, or you think about their benefit. My assistant, her name is Tonya. She worked for me. I pay her salary. She said, "Doctor Lau, during this pandemic, my daughter cannot go to school. I have to take care of her at home." When you are not in the clinic, can I stay home and do the work at home and watch my daughter? I say, go for it. God will take care of me. I never say you have to come to the office. You need to take care of your daughter. That is unselfishness. I care about her family well-being. Amen. Pastor Da. Always wake up in the morning, early morning, to prepare lunch box for me. She can sleep another hour, but she did not. She care about my life that I would not have food to eat at lunch time because I'm a workaholic. If I don't have food, I tell you, I go on, no eating until evening. But because of that lunch box, I have to stop because I don't want to come home. With the same food, and Pastor Dar gonna look at me. Ah, uh, you don't eat. 
You don't take care of yourself. She is an unselfish wife. Takes care of me all the time. We need to be unselfish spouse, loving spouse, giving your life to one another. Amen. I heard amen only from a few people. How about the rest? Are you convicted? How many people say from now on I will not be selfish? You're going to think about the welfare of other people. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us this important lesson. We believe, Father, that your Holy Spirit can work in us, with us, move in us, so that the work of the flesh will be crucified in our life, and selfishness will go away from us more and more. But we will rise up with love, agape love. Thank you, Lord. I believe you love us so much. That's why you teach us this lesson. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to thank you. Encourage you one thing quickly. The Bible says, "Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also." One of the important principle about love is that you give time, energy, and money. To people around you that God brought to your life, Pastor Dad and I, we have the same account. She can spend whatever she wants. I try to please her, help her. I give my service, my time, my money to her. Do you know why? Because wherever your treasure is, that is. When you invest your life into somebody, you love and see the value of that person, and then you will give more because you see the value of that person. I tell you the truth: without my kids and my grandkids, and without the love for this church, I'm really tempted to move back to Thailand. Big time. Because if I go to Thailand, I will have thousands of memories, famous people. People in Thailand are on fire right now. They don't miss church. They have gone to church. They want the fire. They want the laying on of hands. They want the miracle. See, if I go there, I will enjoy the ministry so much.
because I've been teaching for years and years that people should love God, live for God. But when the COVID hit, about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. Thank you. 